Having car problems? Well, with Rhoda, getting them fixed is as easy as ordering takeout. They'll come pick up your car for free, do any repair or maintenance needed, and return it right to your driveway. They'll even give you a complimentary video inspection of your car so you can see what needs to be done. Perfect for those of us that maybe aren't so car savvy. Book your appointment online at roda.com. And lucky for you, CityCast listeners get a 20% discount on any service for up to $100 off. Just use the code CityCast20. on CityCast DC, Metro is out with a bunch of big ideas about long-term redesigns of the system. This includes new stations, new tunnels, and something called the Bloop, which would turn the blue line into a giant loop. What could go wrong? Well, we hate to be party poopers, but we talked to an actual local transportation planner named David Edmondson, and he filled us in on all of his doubts and a few other ideas, too. Today is Thursday, November 16th. I'm Michael Schaefer, and here's what DC is talking about. So David, you have written this really provocative opinion piece about Metro's proposed expansion plans. But I got to ask before we get into that, how are they even really considering expansion plans right now, given that like they've got a huge budget deficit and a lot of serious people worried about solvency. So Metro's capital funding, so their capital funding comes from a different pot than uh, all their operations funding. The idea is that a lot of this money is going to come from somewhere else and they want to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time and really think ahead. So Even if they got all of this money tomorrow, they wouldn't be able to put it towards operations anyway. So what they have said is that they need to build out some new things, particularly a new line, to alleviate a bunch of the congestion they face with the blue line, orange line, silver lines, which all come through the same tunnel at Roslyn, which is responsible for a large percentage of the delays and boo-boos in the system. We did an entire episode the summer laying out the different pros and cons. Check it out in our show notes. So the, the top contender, which is what you've written about, was called the Blue Line Loop, the Bloop. What does this look like? So the Blue Line Loop is an 18-mile long extension of the Blue Line that'll have a new station at Roslyn and then go deep under the river and head to Georgetown. It'll then head along M Street and then hit up Union Station. At that point, it'll turn south, hitting Capital South and Navy Yard Metro stations, then head to the St. Elizabeth's Hospital, and then to National Harbor. At that point, it'll head back across the river and end at Huntington. So right now, just for people who can't picture this in their head, the blue line starts there and snakes up the Virginia side of the Potomac to Roslyn, where it crosses the river, and goes through downtown before going out into Prince George's County. So this would change it in a couple ways. But you know, one of them is, as you said, it would create a new stop in Roslyn and a second tunnel under the river because that tunnel is, uh, there's too many trains for one tunnel. And it would then create stations in Georgetown and West End. And instead of sending the blue line out 
the way it currently leaves town, it would connect with the stations on the red and yellow lines and then go down to National Harbor, which is not currently on the metro, and basically become a giant loop, the bloop. Right. So uh, it'll still share trains with the yellow line where it does now, but uh, it'll have its own tunnel and track for the entire way from this new station at Rosalind all the way up through and down and then across to its new endpoint. All right. So just as a like non-professional planner, it looks pretty cool to me, right? You get a station in Georgetown, which DC hasn't had, and West End. You get the National Harbor connected to the metro system. You have new points of connection between different lines. You have written a long piece in Greater Greater Washington, which says, hold on a second, folks. This plan has some serious flaws, but tell me what is wrong with it. Yeah. So first of all, people don't travel in a circle. They travel in a line. They go from where they're coming from to where they're going, preferably in as straight a line as possible. So just at the start, having this loop design feels like it's trying to do a lot of things at once. Surf the the areas around the St. Elizabeth's area, serve National Harbor, serve downtown. Um, all of these are different straight line angles. And people are going to be able to ride along its whole length, but not a lot of people are going to want to, except for us nerds. The other thing is it's just one line. Rather than looking at what should a whole system look like? What should a new system look like? Instead, it's trying to serve all of these different trips with a single project uh, rather than seeing if it can do them with multiple projects. As well, um, we have a second railway system um, in our Mark Mark and VRE trains, and that's going to become a little bit more integrated over the course of the next uh, five, ten years as Mark trains go through to Alexandria. You've got the, the subway people and the regional train people, and they're not talking to each other. And if they were to talk to each other and kind of work in complementary ways, they would come up with something that looked kind of different. Right, exactly. So you have essentially this other system that's running across the river. So it's serving some trips that are parallel to the Roslyn space, but there's not a whole lot of trains that are going across that bridge right now. What would it look like if Metro decided to really invest in that and make it run more like Metro? Could it maybe resolve some of the crowding issues that are currently faced at Roslyn? Um, So you would still have that tight space but maybe not quite as much crowding per train, even though you do have the same number of trains and you still have the issues of having those separate lines running together in a single tunnel. When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out. The Gala Theater in Columbia Heights is showing the political musical comedy Museum in the Closet, Avida's Return. 
which follows Argentine icon Eva Perón to the afterlife as her preserved corpse ignites political scandals, clandestine affairs, and mysterious murders. The show is full of samba, reggae, and tango that will have you tapping your feet nonstop. The show is in Spanish with English surtitles and will run from May 9th through June 9th. Get your tickets now at galatheater.org or call 202-234-7174. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, but the, the bulk of the piece you wrote was not uh, about the not taking into account the regional trains. You had mentioned that this current plan, it only builds out one line rather than a, a whole new system, right. which would address other important issues. What issues should Metro have considered while building this out instead of just coming up with a single loop that fixes all the problems? Right. So what's going on right now is a desire to really solve the crowding issues along the west side of the system. These were identified in 2013 um, uh, as part of a broader study about what should we do to solve crowding. Um, but the thing is, it wasn't just over there. There was also crowding um, along the southern green line as well as along the red line. This loop wouldn't actually address any of that stuff. You have issues of Basically, you, you, you can't run as many trains as you might want to on our green line. Uh, instead, it has to share tracks with the yellow. That means that they're going to still have crowding. So where should the yellow line go? Or maybe should the green line go somewhere else? How about the red line? Is there a way to serve those trips with something that runs maybe in parallel to it. So looking at what are some of the other challenges that Metro is facing that were first seen in that first planning study is something that I think would be a good basis for looking at our system as a second network rather than just a, um, a next project. David, how do we know that they didn't consider these things? So when I did the research into this piece. All of the analyses I saw were based upon just one project. So if we did this project, then how would that affect things? How about this project? And how would that affect things? They may have looked at things internally or talked about like, well, what if we do this and this? But nothing public, at least not that I've seen, has actually said, well, this is what, what happens if we do three of these at once. It's all been just, what's our next singular project? What's our next singular plan? So you asked Randy Clark, who runs the authority, about this at a Q&A. What'd you hear? So I was a member of the audience and asked about the why they're looking at only a, a metro expansion rather than seeing how they could invest money to maybe more cheaply achieve some of their goals by investing in the other rail systems. And uh, he said that because those aren't part of Metro, they can't really do that. They don't 
So they don't analyze those things um, or how to improve those systems. What you, would you make of that answer? I thought that was pretty understandable, but also really disappointing. It's understandable because we don't really have a regional planning agency to look at how our various transit systems interact. We do have something called the Transportation Planning Board, which looks at the whole region, but they mostly analyze the plans that others devise and sees how those interact without actually trying to do plans themselves. That means that essentially there's no one in charge of looking at, well, if we have X billion dollars, what is the most cost-effective way to invest that money? Where should that go? Uh, instead, we have these systems that are operating in their own worlds and trying to solve problems using only what they have at hand and not seeing how various improvements could interact with each other. A good example of this actually is some of the other alternatives, a few options to, to go up to Greenbelt with the Silver Line or Blue Line. Those essentially duplicated Mark Train service, which meant that what Metro was considering doing was building a whole new set of tracks, a whole new station, when it may have been less expensive, it may have been cheaper to invest in existing Mark Train service to serve the same space, same corridor. And in the process, they would be able to also serve all of the Mark Train riders that currently exist and therefore improve that service generally, not just within the Greenbelt space. Yeah. So, but looked at from Metro's point of view, it's like, those guys don't work for us. That's a different thing. We got to think about the thing that we control. Oh, totally. My, my read of this, and when I read your piece where you're saying, you know, the problem here is that they're trying to solve all their problems with one project instead of thinking long-term and having five projects, is that if you are running an agency with a tight budget in an environment where the, the Congress is now is currently controlled by people who are very skeptical of public transit, it's not clear when you'll have another opportunity. You know, one of our two political parties despises public transit at this point. And you're thinking like, just bureaucratically, like, uh, even if it's like cobbled together with like bailing wire and chewing gum, I'm just going to fix my problems and not deal with like the way you would do it if you were planning for a hundred years and you knew that money was always going to be there. Oh yeah, it, what they're what they're doing makes sense based on the the way that things are structured now. Um, basically, Metro can only afford to plan one generation ahead because things are so expensive; they take so long. And it makes sense that you would really only think about one generation because that's 20 years. But in doing so, they are making the next generation pay more for whatever that next project is. It doesn't have to be a perfect plan, but it should be something that is expandable. Some of the, the timelines that you were talking about are just so very long, right? The, the things we're talking about now, they wouldn't be completed till 2040 anyway. And the, the dollar figures are obviously astronomical. Why, you know, the unsophisticated way of asking this would be like, hey, China can build like a high-speed rail line across the country in like two years. What the hell are we doing? But, you know, answer me this. Is there something about Washington particularly? that causes the prices to be so high and the timelines to be so long? Not about Washington specifically, but it's a broader American problem. This is not something that 
we in the U.S. really do well is build things. I know that we think that we are a nation of builders, and that's because in the past we were. At the moment, though, we don't build things for very cheap at all. So, for instance, Milan, they're working to expand their metro system 100% underground, and they're looking at maybe $215 million per mile. Our Silverline project was $302 million per mile. And it was above ground and ugly. Exactly. So that was a subway and for cheaper. Stockholm is more in the same range as our Silver Line. But even there, what they're doing and what they have done is still as cheap as the Silver Line and still is 100% underground. It's really frustrating to see. So the Blue Line loop, it looks like it would be about $1,700 million a year. So that's $1.7 billion per mile to build. That's like five times more than what you would have in another country. As for why, that's a great question. We end up overbuilding. So we have stations that are gigantic. They're gorgeous, but they're much larger than they have to be. So all of that gorgeous archway work ends up being not really useful for the transportation experience. Uh, and all that has to get dug out and mined out and that is expensive. Another thing that we do is we do um, a different kind of digging subways, which is more expensive. So rather than doing what we did when we first built our metro system and dig up the street and dig down and then build a subway within that ditch and then you cover it back over, that's a system called cut and cover. We do what's called deep mining. So uh, we just bore a tunnel through, and that ends up being more expensive. Uh, so Forest Glen, for instance, um, or DuPont Circle, those were built using that method. This is something that uh, we see happening in other subway systems, and I would bet that this is something similar to what we would see for um, the Blue Line Loop. What to do about it is... Basically, listen to our peers. We in the United States tend to think that we have a particularly special way of doing things that sets us apart or special circumstances, but that's not always the case. And honestly, without knowing exactly what our peers in Italy or Spain or Sweden are doing, we don't really know that what we're doing is unique and meets unique circumstances in our country. We need to focus on hiring talent that knows how to do things right and cheaply, even if they come from countries outside of the English-speaking world. We also need to listen with humility. It's a special kind of hubris to say that we're different, so therefore we're going to make things cost four, five, ten times more than they ought to, rather than investing in the time and effort to get things right and to really serve our taxpayers and riders uh, well. Um, so I'm not surprised that Metro is focused on just one line because that's all we can afford to do, um, but there is a better way. and we, as a region, can pioneer that better way uh, 
if we take the time and energy to figure it out and do it well. The other context question I had is, yeah. you know, whenever I talk to to planners, the cool thing about talking to transit planners like you is, is you sort of see this big picture, right? So if, if you're just the frustrated person sitting on a metro train, you look at the metro map on the wall of the train and you imagine ways it could be different. But in your piece and just in our conversation, you've talked about all these other elements, right? So why just think about the metro rail trains when you can be thinking about regional rail trains or Amtrak or buses? And you know why not plan in ways to take advantage of all of them? One of the reasons I think a lot of people are like don't think of the regional rail trains is that they are, particularly the Virginia ones, so infrequent. They just come at rush hour. If you, you know, God forbid, you miss that last train home if you're riding home to Manassas because you are like in deep trouble. This is not like the regional rail systems around New York or Chicago, which run all day and where there's you know trains late. And, the event you missed one. So for all but a small number of people, you literally don't think of them because they're almost never an option. Why is it that way? And and could it be that that ever changes? Is there any notion that, that may change? So it is this way because of the similar issues to cost. We operate in a way that uh, is different from any other place where it costs too much money to do all of the needed upgrades to actually run as many trains as we might want. So what these other systems around us like New York and Chicago have done is they're basically living off the backs of the investments that were made by the railroads that used to be there. In DC, there was never really as big of a market demand for high frequency, fast rail service until right at the tail end of the heyday of railroading. So the big picture is that a lot of these other cities, older cities, they built a bunch of trains in the 19th century when like railroad tycoons roamed the earth. And nowadays you've got all that trackage and you can put trains on it in a way we can't in Washington, which means we got to build stuff from scratch, which is pricey. So let me ask you this question. If you could build a line, if, if you were put in charge of building something, what would you make? That's a good question. I, Whenever I look at the sort of thing, I try to start at like, okay, so what's, what's our budget? I'm going to give you a healthy budget. So let's say it's the same as what we have here. So $35 billion. Then next step is what are the problems that we have? I would look at creating a second system. First of all, investing in Mark and VRE, so that way they can run well. If I were building just a single line though, uh, I would probably say extend the blue line along M Street, but don't extend it south and spend the rest of that money having a separated yellow and green line. So that way you can actually solve crowding on the green line. Dave Edmondson, thank you so much for being here. Of course. That is all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, design your own metro route, call it the CityCast Line. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye.
And if you enjoyed the sh la 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 la